Yeah, sitting with Sam, we're here. We got Brandon Klein. Can I get a woo woo? Ooh. From Brendan. Oh. <laughs> we got we got we have Ben Schaefer. He's painting his um, what is it? A longboard or yeah. longboard? Okay, nice. And then can I get a boo boo from Ben? Or a, or a ski wee? Can I get a ski wee? Ski wee. You know? <laughs> and then we have Thomas Meckelmeal. Yes. Um, can I get a scrap? Scrap. Nice. Wait. And then it's scrap. <laughs> that was good. And then it's me. It's it's Sam the sitter. Um. A rabadoo. A rabadoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we were we were Brennan brought up the idea that we could talk about, or why did you summarize, Brennan? I don't want to put words into your mouth. What did I say? <laughs> Continue to put words. Uh, I well, you brought up the idea that we can talk about <clears throat> feeling lonely in a relationship, uh, right? Mm-hmm. That was that was something at one point that we might uh, talk about. Do you want to start with that, or you want to ease into that? Uh, either way, man. I don't know. I don't care. We can start with it. Each of us just had relationships that ended, right? Are we allowed to say that? We're yeah, we're allowed to say that. Are you public with it? Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Well, we don't. You know, I don't, we don't have to get into details or names or anything. But no, I think no. I think the idea that you feel lonely. With someone that you sh- that you feel like you should f- not feel lonely with, um, and should is a complicated word anyway, but I feel like that's a super universal thing, right? At, yeah. at least I hope I do. I hope I'm. <laughs> Maybe loneliness isn't the absence of a person. Maybe loneliness is the absence of a sentiment. Mm. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you expand on that? Yeah. Um. That when we're lonely, again, that might not be true always, but when we're lonely, there are things emotionally and experientially that we're lacking. For example, Mm -hmm. if humor is really important for me to feel connected and there's not humor happening, the lack of humor might produce a feeling of loneliness. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I am sharing an experience of laughter and absurdity which makes me feel lonely because I don't feel unconditionally understood right. because the other person isn't contributing to the sentiment I need to feel together. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, ha- I have like this little, little tiny tangent that's like kind of disconnected, but it'll make sense, I hope. Um, when I was like in the bathroom like <laughs> 20, 20 minutes ago, I was thinking about how I, I feel like when you are around people that you really, really like and you kind of you're scared of like um like in the context of like us we're in the last semester of our like school experience and stuff and there's i feel like the fear of like if you move away you're going to lose all these relationships and stuff like that um but i was thinking about how what you really like and appreciate is not really maybe even the people but it's the quality that the people bring to your life um and so if i feel like if you approach I don't know relationships in that way. It's like you're looking for things, and then if you can identify those things, it like makes it easier to find them again in different people or something like that. So you're saying like the people themselves aren't special. (laughs) It's just the experiences that you have. You just want similar experiences. The the people are special, but I I feel like if you think about a relationship that you have, like the relationship that we have or something, it's like, um, 
it's the it's the feelings and qualities that you bring to my life that I appreciate that and they are they make up you mm-hmm. but it's I feel like if you identify what they are it um becomes less scary of like um maybe seeking out those qualities instead of like seeing people as like these complicated beings i don't know if that makes sense yeah like if you can pinpoint what exactly like you enjoy from the time that you spend with the person Mm -hmm. then you can like find another person that's similar right and 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 now i'm gonna bring it back i'm gonna try to bring it back to what we talked about earlier (sighs) if you identify the things that didn't work in a relationship like you felt lonely and it's like why like you had this person you you feel like you shouldn't have been feeling lonely but then if you can identify what you were missing or what wasn't present what you were looking for what you were hoping for you can then like next time around be like okay here are the things that i'm looking for um and it's more like a search of qualities and characteristics instead of like um people i don't know if that makes sense at yeah all. i mean it can sound depersonalizing right but it, yeah but it isn't, but it, isn't. Right. it isn't because it and it brings us back i think we probably have talked about this at some point but is there such thing as the self right mm, yeah. there isn't it's you know and we can debate that or not but mm-hmm. it's a conglomeration of principles and values and attributes and emotional physical all, all mm-hmm. that maybe you argue spiritual but what is a person right. right it's their name their their identity is just a byproduct of our way of getting around this world right. so really at the end of the day you're looking for an essence you're looking for what interests do they have what emotional qualities prevail in their psyche you know how are they around your friends mm-hmm. that kind of thing maybe attraction physical attraction matters to you too i mean it matters to me um, so it's all those things that comprise whatever the self is, but the person that I miss, it, it would be, I'd be hard pressed to say that I miss that person more than I miss the way they make me feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's weird too, because like sometimes I feel like when you do feel lonely in a relationship, it's like, obviously something isn't working. So, but then when it ends, it's like you, you miss something. Um, so I feel like you can miss a person even though when you were in the relationship it was like you were also missing something and then when you're out of it it's like you're missing something else (laughs) you know what i mean i feel like maybe you're missing like the familiarity or like someone being there for you like you're missing like you're missing certain traits about the person or you're missing like certain things that you enjoyed yeah but it's like similar to what we're talking about like you can um not have other things you know I think familiarity is big. Yeah. I know I miss being unconditionally understood. Like, mm-hmm. I miss this, like, what I want, I think. My mom's been telling me I should, like, do this exercise where I, like, manifest who I want next in my life by, like, saying what I'm looking mm-hmm. for. Yeah. But I think that's really powerful. Yeah, it is. And we were talking about journaling being mm-hmm. the word form of, you know, perpetuating behavior in reality. It's like, how do I know what to aim at or how do I know what to move towards if I don't even have a target? Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I think I miss that feeling of like, I don't want to lose myself in the eyes of a, another, but mm-hmm. there is a sense of like, wow, your 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 sense of self can really dissolve when you're like fully just like melted in, in um, the eyes of another. And like for yeah. that moment, like there isn't a performance, it just is. 
You know, I disagree with that. I think we actually are always performing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we can't not be for performing. Yeah. I kind of feel like, like, in my head, it makes sense that you would never look for, like, everything in one person. I feel like it would make more sense that you look for different things in different people. But it seems like a lot of times when we talk about relationships and things, like, there's this idea that you're supposed to find everything in one person. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I would yeah. get uncomfortable if I was, like in a relationship and someone was like getting different things out of different people to an extent yeah but in my head it like i wish i wasn't that way i think it's helpful to also reflect on the fact that we are not even getting everything out of ourselves like if we were to get everything out of the relationship with ourselves we wouldn't even seek a relationship with, with someone else yeah so it's like we have different friends for different reasons and um i don't know i i i feel like when you accept and appreciate the fact that um, you're not even enough for yourself, so it's like, how can a, how can a different person be like everything? It's to like play it's, the devil's advocate, it's always like fifty percent and fifty percent. So like together you're a whole, but you can never be a cute. whole. That's nice. <laughs> I don't really believe in that, but that's what people would say. Yeah, I think there's a certain foundation of individuality that's a necessary prerequisite to like come to a healthy relationship and that's extremely cliched but i do really believe that obviously the individual is always growing if you wanted the individual to be fully Mm -hmm. formed you'd never be in a relationship because the individual is never fully formed but i do think there there's a necessary like you don't want to completely dissolve in the relationship. You want, yeah. to, you want to be able to exist. What if the relationship doesn't work out? You need to be able to stand on your own. You you can't die with the relationship. Mm-hmm. When the relationship mm-hmm. dies, you know, a part of you dies, but you can't die. You can't afford it. You know? That's true. Yeah. That always kind of freaks me out. Like, I feel like I'm sort of hesitant with the relationships because I feel like I'm going to lose part of myself. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm not being optimistic about the part that I'll gain or I haven't thought about that part. But the part about the part about me losing something always kind of like makes me think twice if I want to like get in a relationship. Has it have you been in one or have you not been in one because of that? I've been in relationships. And has that happened to you where you where that fear has come true? Um, I feel like I didn't like my last relationship was a couple of years ago, and I feel like I didn't even know myself super well. I don't think I knew myself well enough to be able to tell if I was like losing parts of myself yeah so I'm not really sure well I think it's also I mean I I think the idea of losing and gaining um it's kind of like a binary way of looking at things but I think maybe maybe possibly ideally in like a healthy relationship let's say it's not really about losing and gaining it's more about changing and like more like a gradient (laughs) You know, it's like Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily lose something about yourself, but it's like you do change. Like you have less time individually, maybe for yourself. Um, But maybe that's not a loss. Maybe that's just like an adjustment. And maybe um, the things that you get out of it are that's like a net positive, ideally, I guess. I mean, the only reason to stay with the person is if if like together your experience is richer than like by yourself. I I would completely agree. If that isn't the case, then like. I mean, this maybe that's an oversimplification, but I feel like that's a good way of gauging, like... Well, it's a starting point. Right, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you, like, are you already thinking and reflecting about what 
like you might want or are you more now focused on the individual you're, you're asking me yeah um i think i'm i think i'm trying to figure out like what i want um and focused on the individual like i i i think um i don't know i think i think i'm understanding better like what i'm wanting and the things that if they were added to my life like they would enrich me um yeah yeah that's half an answer for you Oh, Ben's Can tuning in. Oh, yeah. And kind of off-topic question. <laughs> yeah, please. Well, it's not that off-topic, off but do you guys ever feel like the issue in the relationship is like your own selfishness and not mm. that the relationship isn't like satisfying enough, but it's like you, like your own selfishness that's kind of getting in the way of like maybe the relationship being like more like, I don't know, like fulfilling, if that makes sense? Hmm. Um, like, what do you mean by selfishness, I guess? Like, I don't know, I guess just on like a, like a day-to-day, I don't, I guess like thinking of like my past experiences with like relationships, just like reflecting on, oh, like I could have walked her to her car or like, just like simple things, Mm. even like that. Sure. Like, but I guess just like. Yeah, kind of like. D- does that make? Does that clarify? Like, yeah. I guess like things you could do like. To make, maybe it's like, oh, this is an inconvenience to me. I don't want to go out in the cold, and walk of this person to their car. Mine has been like, emotional inconvenience, mm, like okay. empathy. Yeah, I think that that, I guess like the car example is like a very practical, like straightforward one, but it, there's probably like a lot more deeper like self-centeredness that i may be thinking of right. that, like, yeah are the issue i feel like part of it it depends like part of me wants to say like the actions of both people in a relationship are reflections of the health of the relationship or like how the relationship is going yeah. and so it's like you wouldn't want to like if you're super if you have to like think about that and like actively do it all the time like maybe that's like putting a bandaid on something mm. like maybe um if it's like truly a good relationship it would kind of happen but the other side of me is yeah, saying a good question. the other side of me is like maybe like because i feel like if you know that you want a relationship but like you tend to kind of focus on yourself more but like you're working on extending yourself to another person that's where i would say like yeah maybe you should like think about it and try to actively meet their needs more yeah it just depends on like i feel like you have to kind of know what you want yeah yeah and right and what how how much of the quote work in the relationship is yes we're working on this because work is endemic to any relationship and how much of the work is forcing a relationship that isn't meant to be it's actually very hard to that that question is a very difficult one to unpack how Truth. do you know? Yeah, I I just ate that whole fucking carton. Oh, yeah. Was it good? What did it taste <laughs> yeah, like? How was it? It's really mint, it's mint chip. It's really good. But that's it? a really good question. Wait, was it like oat milk or like almond milk or like? Oh fuck. Um, 
Coconut milk. Ooh. Well, oh, remember they one. asked the question about the coconut and the agave? Oh, yeah. Right. How could I forget? I, I read a quote um, the other day. I love sentences that start with that read a quote. That's how 50% of my answers or sentences start. That's good. And it's maybe it's maybe I don't think enough for myself. Maybe I just read. But hey, okay, I read I did read a quote. And I'm probably Do we ever really up. think for ourselves? No. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, it kind of went like love should love uh, let me I'll just find it you know what keep talking I'll just find it I'll no read it. Read, just read the quote what is love okay stop <laughs> where are you somebody take. else needs to talk until I find it I'm or not maybe I'm we can just have silence in a podcast that's like a power move I that feel is, like that is a power move <laughs> it's like what silence yeah right, right if people keep listening and it's the quiet. dramatic pause mm-hmm we're gonna. Caravaggio has something to say. No. Mm-mm. Well, look, man. If if you're not if if you are if you don't like my power moves, then maybe you're this isn't for you. You know. Do you want to walk us through your longboard process in the meantime? I feel like that's a good commercial. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it all started with this guy Andy, who basically is moving to Denver in may and he just gave me a bunch of longboard parts so i was just like i already have three longboards and um i just bought like a deck and i'm just gonna i mean i basically just bought the deck on amazon i did briefly look into how to make them but it was just like too much of a process during the middle of the semester um with school so bought the deck and just spray painted um, I mean, I first taped the around the edges and then spray painted it blue. And then I taped most of it except the spots that are the uh, tan color and then spray painted it again to get those shapes. And now I am painting over it. I'm just doing like different moon and sun faces from like, I don't know what period of art it would be, but just like kind of like i guess monast monasteric is that like right middle ages do you want to show of? it off where's the camera right there oh, and okay. up there okay yeah i feel like <laughs> middle age art is so underrated yeah 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 so it, it kind of just looked like the suns that are kind of from the like yeah monasteric beautiful like, kind of like drawings and um i don't know like that monks used to do and stuff <laughs> There we are. (laughs) There it is. If you found your quote yet, if you haven't found it yet, let's move on. Please move on, but I'll keep looking. I had asked you earlier what what you were either struggling with or thriving with, but (sighs) then you never answered. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that's an appropriate question to ask? Of course. Amazing. Thank goodness. We're in this now. Um, (laughs) Well, I'm thriving with, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I I think I feel very lucky to know basically exactly what I want to do with my life. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know, like, I can see basically where I'm going to be in like 10, 20 years, like the type of thing I want to do. So I feel lucky about that. Um, something I'm struggling with. Um, this is something 
my cat was like yelling the whole week, like last four days. And literally I've not wanted to like disown him more than the last couple of days. That's been really difficult, but I think we're kind of re recon reconciling, reconciling. Yeah. But mm, I have to, maybe I want to think about that a little bit longer. Cause like, or I need a prompt or something. What were we, I feel like we're talking about this like yesterday. Like we had conversations yesterday mm-hmm. about like things. Things. <laughs> yeah. About life things? Yeah, about life things. I feel like there's got to be a life thing that I, like, have a hot take on. Well, what's something, like, internally, like, uh, like that you're grappling with? Like, is there a thought or, like, a thing you want to get better at or something that that you're disappointed in about yourself or that you're really proud of or... Um... I don't know. I think... I did not find the quote. No. <laughs> Maybe like work-life balance. I know that's like a traditional way to respond to that question. But yeah, like finding like finding um, time to like do the type of work that I want to do like as well as I want to do it, but also like staying in touch with like friends and things. That's all I got. Would it be to show up a turn to like try to? I I could try to like quote the quote. Yeah. <laughs> Just say the sentiment. Okay. Okay. We were kind of talking about relationships and like. What were we talking about? Like what? It, it, basically, working on something. Oh yeah. How do you know right. when the work you're doing in a relationship is contrived just for the mm-hmm. sake of surviving a relationship that right. isn't meant to survive, or if the work is actually necessary for a healthy relationship to continue? Right, right. And so I read a quote, and I'm going to mess it up, and I didn't find it. But it's basically, the author was saying something like, a relationship should be work, but it should never be pain. You think that's true? I don't, look, I, I this is why I wanted to look it up, because maybe I'm getting the wording wrong, but I, I think the sentiment was sort of like, a relationship is going to include pain, <laughs> and like work and such. But like again, back back to like the net positive thing. If like if if the relationship is obviously causing you more pain than not, it's like it's like what's the point? You know, like it's gonna be work, and work includes things you don't want to do. It includes like stepping out of yourself and like. <clears throat> doing things for the other person and so forth and like working and pain whatever fights but but if if it's maybe maybe she used torture or something um yeah if it's torturous that would probably not be helpful (laughs) yeah i feel like i kind of agree with that because like in the sense that if you're if you're not if you're disliking it more than you're liking it like the only reason I would be hesitant with that is like maybe you're growing and the growing pains are like a lot more than the positive aspect. But long term, like if you're like you have to be you have to be enjoying like the relationship that you're in and like the growth could be the enjoyment or it could be other things, but like yeah. Yeah, and I was I was kind of thinking about that too in the past days um like I think every relationship that's semi close it's gonna like it's gonna include disagreements and um and and so forth and discussions and things 
like talk, conversations about how to tweak things because if you have two people that are close like inevitably there's going to be disagreements about things right and mm -hmm. just a number of things but if it feels like you're fighting each other as opposed to fighting together to come closer i feel like that's also a i sign. think that's a great way to put it right that's also yeah. a sign of like maybe maybe you're just fighting different fights and if you're fighting different fights you're not on the same team and then yeah. then the question is like what are you doing and then if you can't see eye to eye at the end of the conversation or the end of the evening or like after some amount of time then that's like probably where you know it's kind of an uphill or like you're just too you're going two different directions yeah you're not even talking in the same realm yeah there's like yeah completely different houses of conversation happening yeah yeah and i and kind of a i don't know if you guys agree with this but um i mean we were talking about how we both kind of just ended or went through an end of a relationship and i feel like um a lot of the time that's seen as like in like a, a failure but i feel like depending on depending on how it ends it can be a success in the sense that you learn something that you didn't know before and if you hadn't gone through this experience you might have not had the um maybe newly gained newly gained insights that you now have and it's like mm -hmm. something something can fail but it can that failure quote unquote failure is actually success yeah i like whenever people say like oh i was in a relationship and they didn't like there's it's like a memory i have of one person some random person saying like oh i was in a relationship for x amount of time and they didn't um what's the word proposed to me and so we broke up and it was like, oh, it was like six years of my life completely wasted. And I remember thinking that, like, if you feel like six years of your life with this person was a waste, like, you probably shouldn't have been in the relationship because, yeah. like, yeah. you're bound to have something out of it. And it's like, maybe you needed to go through that because you thought it was worth it up until that point. Also, yes, and also the the benefit and the learning notwithstanding like I noticed myself just feeling gratitude like for the mm -hmm. time like even like yeah I learned stuff yeah like I'm gonna take that to the next relationship all that mm -hmm. but like and there's some stuff I need to look in the mirror about right like always right. but I also just had nice times like I was yeah. with the person yeah. because like there was beautiful things and like right. I'm happy about that and like that's it like it, it's that simple too yeah. you know? I, I agree yeah we're Insert cheesy quote: "It's better <laughs> to have loved than lost, than to never have loved before." Wait, did I say that? Right? Yeah, I think right. so. Better to then have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Yeah, I loved it all. Yeah, 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 I loved yeah. Before. yeah. <laughs> Is that Shakespeare? I don't think it's Shakespeare. Oh. It's yeah, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> it doesn't sound complicated enough right, to be Shakespeare. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about gratitude the other day, Thomas. Gratitude. Right? And about how I, I kind of like a shift in topic now. Beautiful. Um, about how... Okay, I'm going to rephrase. Um, I was watching this video Sam Harris had posted, and it was Alan Watts talking. Um, he was talking basically about how right from the get-go in life, we're always taught to like, look forward to the next thing, which in and of itself might not be a bad thing but it's like in kindergarten we're, we're taught like to about first grade and like everything's preparing for that and then we're prepared for middle school and high school and then we're graduating and then it's like college and then it's the next thing and it's like graduating college which 
we're kind of in that phase right now some of us um and then it's like what's the next thing it's like work we're gonna move so forth and it's like his point was that one day you might just wake up and you're like you might realize that the thing that you're chasing you're never gonna get to and really what you want is is and is kind of be in the present and that's so cheesy but this is where gratitude comes in because because gratitude um like inherently can only work if you reflect on something that has already happened so like you have to stop look into the past like you can't be grateful for the future um and i think you that's, could be well it hasn't happened so how how are you grateful you for it? you could only be grateful for the idea of it or the potential right. of it yeah you can't be yeah yeah it yeah it's not something that can be reflected on right right, right. Yeah. so so the idea is that like instead of always chasing what's next and we inevitably kind of do that but one way of i feel like living a better life maybe or a more appreciative life um is to sort of stop and reflect and sort of um try to like actively feel this feeling of gratitude because it can only be achieved through looking back if that makes sense yeah and then you, then you kind of like stop chasing for a minute like that's sort of the point like you stop chasing because gratitude is only achieved through because reflection. what happened already was good enough or was just good well because the chasing never ends and so it's like no. the chasing itself will never get you the thing that you want <laughs> like, do you think that uh, do you think that maybe like the chasing could be the part like because i feel like a lot of times if i'm in the process of chasing something <laughs> like that's kind of like nirvana i feel like a lot of times because you're not really like aware of yourself you're just kind of aware of what you're doing and like if you could just kind of stay in that eternal like flow state kind of that seems like the best way to be but that's like chasing in a sense i mean i i don't think there's anything wrong with chasing i think it's, if you're not chasing you're you're stuck so that's not good either but i the i guess what i was trying to say is that if if what you're chasing if if what you're chasing is something in the future and then you're like i'm gonna be happy when i have this oh. and i'm gonna be happy when i have this or right. i need this to feel something it's like yeah that thing is always in the future and you're always in the present <laughs> right you're never gonna catch right. it right yeah so it's like enjoy the chase if that's what you're if, yeah, if you can enjoy the I'm chase saying. that's amazing yeah but just yeah. like don't fool yourself into thinking that the chase is ending <laughs> mm-hmm yeah definitely or that you need something like also another quote I, I'm getting this one right um, was that you wait actually well, let me think about this one <laughs> okay you can never become happy you can only be happy I think mm. Sam Harris actually said this and the point being that like this might this is definitely an oversimplification but kind of the idea is that we always, again, want to be happy for something that will happen. It's like, oh, I'm going to get this job or whatever. But it's like, you need, you can only be happy right now. Yeah, well, I think... Like, right now is all you have. I think you, you, and this is where meditation comes into play, is meditation prepares the grounds of the brain to best experience what will happen. So it's not predicated on the experience that's going to happen. It's predicated on the grounds that experiences perpetuating from hmm. so like if let's say consciousness is what experiences then how do we get consciousness primed to experience well like we, you want to plant a flower 
like, do you want to plant it in concrete or do you want to like tend the soil? It's like, which one's going to optimize the chance that you're going to have a good experience. Like Mm -hmm. if you want to optimize your chance for happiness, you have to make sure that your brain is prepared to best experience it. This Mm -hmm. is like maybe a little bit dissimilar, but do you ever, I don't know, like, I think a lot about like dopamine fasting and like doing things that are intentionally boring to like reset your brain to like enjoy things again. Um, so I wonder like if meditation has a lot to do with that, like just kind of focusing on something boring like your breath and then there's a ton to do with it. Okay. I talk about this a lot. The, I think I did an episode on my show called the embrace of the ordinary and I mm-hmm. argue that meditation is the most ordinary thing I do. Mm-hmm. I don't think like that is the reason you meditate, but it is certainly, I mean, no, well, maybe, I mean, the, maybe actually the breath is inherently, the breath doesn't have any meaning or judgment attached. It's just happening. So maybe it's not the fact that we want to focus on something boring. We just want to focus on something that does, but it's the same thing. That's what you're saying. So actually I, I do think that's why we meditate. Hmm. It's to, yeah, it's to focus on a singular thing that doesn't have much meaning that lowers our likelihood that the brain will go off in some tangent and it's very easy to know when you've strayed from it because all of a sudden you're on something that's attributing meaning, which is the sandwich you're going to make later or the fight mm. you got on with someone. It's like, oh, it's very easy to know when you're away from focusing on the breath. Mm. You know, that's why we just choose the breath. And it, yeah, it's incredibly banal and incredibly, that's why I always say meditation isn't relaxing. It's like not, all these people like just spewing it as like this bliss inducing exercise. It's like, it's really ordinary. It's like really ordinary. And then, yeah, when then when you revisit those stimuli, as you suggested, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, holy shit, I'm coming with a different neuronal framework now. Mm-hmm. I think it also has, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, but all of this comes really down to attention and intention. Like if you, if you, can, if you can pay attention to simple things that are going to become meaningful. Like um, I, I, I talked with Ben about this a while ago. <laughs> Like I, when I watch a movie with people and they're like on their phones or whatever, and I do this sometimes depending on the movie, but usually when I watch something, I want to actually watch it, and it annoys me when I, when I'm like with people and they're just do different things, because like the attention that you pay to something, almost, um, I would say equals the like the quality of the experience that you have. So like, mm. if you pay, if you are able to, um pay a lot of attention to like a singular thing like if you have a meal and you really just pay attention to how it tastes and stuff like that it's going to increase the quality of that experience and i think i think something as simple as the breath will sort of teach you to do to do that because like the point is to focus your attention on something and you can do that with different things it could be breath it could be different things um that's why like when having conversations you like you're not on your phone right because like then the quality of the conversation is going to go down. Uh, and he, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I wasn't paying attention to the microphone and the quality of the sound went down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I have an idea about like, like people say like genius, like what is a genius? And it's like, I have this theory, this is completely maybe a different tangent, but like, I feel like genius maybe is like, you only have a couple ideas. You only have like a very narrow framework it's like wide in the sense that it covers a lot of things, but it's narrow in the sense that it's like, there's only a couple elements that make it up Mm. and you can filter everything through that framework. And if it's a good enough framework, everything kind of makes sense. Mm. But with this framework that you have, it's like your unique opinion on it. And then, 
like people think like oh like this person has like an interesting take but really you're just filtering everything through this like framework yeah and then i think like the more complicated your framework is maybe like um the less pointed you seem because uh the things that you're saying like Sorry, <laughs> oh, it's okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, because I feel like if you have a, a complicated framework that you're running on, then things are going to make less sense and they're not going to be as cohesive. But if mm-hmm. it's uncomplicated, then everything feels together and then you can go farther with less energy because it's simpler. Yeah, I mean, that is the idea of meditation is, hmm. yeah, simplifying the the energy that you're putting into having pleasurable experience um it be because like now as a result of my practice and like what i've done like i feel like i have to work less to have a full experience mm-hmm. like it's just ha- mm-hmm. it's just happening by proxy of the filters and the the confines i've set up mm-hmm. neuronally mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah I, I agree thomas though i feel like i feel like that's why a lot of people get so easily confused about so many things is because they don't even know what their filters are or what their groundwork is. And I'm not saying I know what it is. I'm just saying that uh, an overly complicated sort of system or like filter <laughs> filtration system of how you view the world or your experience. Um, like if you have like, I don't know, like a drainer and there's like tons of holes in it. It's like there's going to be tons of different... Um, <laughs> There's like gonna be tons of angles that can right, come out. different angles of it, like yeah. it coming out. But if you only have if you if you minimize the amount of like holes that are there, it's like there's gonna be more uh, cohesive. Yeah, right, right, right. Yep, I think that's well put. I think the so the thing that makes me nervous about this is I feel like it's kind of implying that you have a single vision and that is like maybe you're closed-minded. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yes. Yeah. That's that's why I think. Um, and again, maybe oversimplification, but I, I've learned maybe this past year more than any, um, that that whole, it doesn't have to be like, if it's like an ideological idea, it'll skew everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But if the idea itself that you filter everything through, for instance, is like, let's say an idea, like all you have to do ever is like, be utterly honest. <clears throat> and if that's your whole let's say mm-hmm. through which everything goes it's like even if things are inaccurate all you have to do or what they're going to be are a reflection of your honest experience at that point in time right so like mm-hmm. you might be wrong on something let's say but at least we're honest and that's all you can be so you have to be really picky about the filters that you set yes yeah and I, th- I think those filters, you know, can be um, like you, you always have to be ready to be critiqued and you always have to be, yeah. I think, willing to change if like new information comes in that like seems more productive or better. But then again, I think that the beautiful idea of, about honesty is that it's um, it's a very subjective thing, but it either is or it isn't. Right. Like, for instance, the difference between honesty and truth is like truth kind of has this objective like thing that's kind of like scary and like no one really knows 
what you, we can argue about even what is even truth or is it there but with honesty honesty is very tangible mm-hmm. it's, it's based like, on our experience right it's like right. either you are or, or you are not truthfully telling our experience right yeah i don't know if that makes i don't know if that makes sense it does yeah, make sense, sense to me it doesn't mean it makes sense, <laughs> it makes sense right. to me. <laughs> thanks for being honest uh you were saying something ben about like mentioning something well Sam and I were just we had like a conversation yesterday and the topic of just having kind of like if you're like continually what is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're good. Um, if, if you're continually kind of like telling yourself something like that okay like well I'll just literally say exactly what we were talking right, about yeah. because yeah as long as Sam is fine with me fine. sharing yeah. about his yeah, yeah, yeah. past. But like if you're continually telling yourself God is good, for example, but then you see like a lot of like pain and suffering in the world, um, that, that like creates, I mean, we were, what was the word? Cognitive dissonance. Is that what it sure. is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, we're still getting music in here. Really? At yeah, least like yeah. internally that if you don't really truly believe that God is good, like even though there's like pain and suffering in the world, that that creates like a cognitive dissonance. So there's like not a lot of cohesive, like a cohesion in like how you're viewing like the world. So you're saying like it, it's maybe more logical to like change your view on the world because it yeah. seems like it's causing a lot of dissonance or like I was even thinking about that conversation some after it might just be too like the thing that you're thinking is true but it's just you're not looking at it from like the right perspective like you don't have enough other outset information mm-hmm. like to really believe it or to like really see that it is true mm-hmm. like if you like think for instance to just keep going off this example like God is good but you just look at the pain and suffering in the world then you're not going to think God is good. But if you look at it from other perspectives, like, oh, we just had, like, an amazing meal, the four, like, dudes here, Mm -hmm. like, we can be very thankful for that, that, like, maybe that will help you, like, understand that, like, better or see it from, like, a different perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that example, like, that hole or the filter was, like, an assumption that may or may not be true, right? Like, God is good. But then again, if that whole is honesty, it's like you can if if that holds honesty, you can appreciate, okay, here's one belief that I hold, here's another belief that I hold, or an observation that I have, like pain and suffering versus an all powerful and all good God. They kind of there's there seems to be some tension between those two. And if the whole is suffering, then you can at least be honest about that. And you don't have to you don't have to subscribe to one over the other necessarily. Then comes the one, I think the thing that Ben mentioned earlier when he was whispering, um, like cohe- like cohesiveness, I think, or I don't think, it, it's a fact. It's like, if something, if two beliefs aren't cohesive, if they don't make sense t- with each other, then one of them necessarily has to be false. Like something can't and can be at the same time. It does make sense. I think one of the biggest truths is contradiction. One of the biggest truths is competing truths. Um, which is what I'm finding that I'm coming by is like if something seems homogenous or something seems too obvious, there's something missing. Um, mm. It's something I'm playing with. Um, 
I think we talked about this. Didn't we talk about like universal truth? Is there such thing as truth with a capital T? Did we talk about this? I, yeah, I think we touched on it. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like, to me, one of the biggest truths is contradiction, which is why I love absurdity so much. And I love absurdism, which is like sometimes absurdism or humor, it'll take something that's really, really serious and it'll mm-hmm. joke about it. That is contradictory in its nature, right? Well, aren't you supposed to take something serious seriously? Like, oh no, it's rude, it's mean, right? To make fun of something that might cause suffering. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. So that's a, that's a contradiction. The approach, something to the thing that's being approached. And so I think, yeah, there's a lot of truth inherent in contradiction. Um, I, I, okay, I think maybe this is a language thing, like a definitions thing. Um, but I don't think any of those are actually contradictions. I think they're like they're tensions that exist because I really I mean this is the kind of a law of logic like is, is something can two if you if there's two beliefs that you're holding and they do not make sense together like they're exclusionary they like they're um, mutually exclusive right they can't coexist then it's like one of them has to be wrong I think <clears throat> um, if you buy into like. Yeah, reason, I guess. And I, I think what you're saying, I think what you're saying is true. <laughs> but I think, I think they're not contradictions. Like, Yeah, they, they might be more right. just like tensions. They might right. just be pushing yeah. against each other. Right, and then I, what Ben and I were sort of, yeah. I guess, I guess what Ben and I were talking about was more like um, this idea that there has to be cohesion. But even if there isn't cohesion... Or wait, no. Even if there is cohesion, it doesn't mean that what you believe is true. Like you can have a set of beliefs that all make sense, but the the starting out point was wrong, and therefore the end result is wrong. And like a good example is just like math. Like we all did math in school, and like you can have the um, the process of your calculation can be correct, but then there can be one mistake made in the beginning, which means that the end result will not be accurate, right? So there's complete cohesion. But it's still false. But what's also important is that there has to be cohesion for the even for there for there to be the possibility of it to be true, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. In or right, what what precedes the end affects the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay, that horse is dead. I guess. Is anyone interested <laughs> in talking about their creative process right now, just in life Ooh. in general? Yes. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. Do you want to start us off since you're painting? Uh, I guess. Yeah, how do we how do we talk about the creative process? Let it flow, baby. Just let it flow. Yeah. Okay. Like, should we like? I mean, this is maybe kind of interesting because I feel like Thomas is kind of doing something similar with the, the, the thing you're doing for the festival. Because I feel like often in school, at least with the creative process it's very structured like or at least seemingly tries to be structured like and we have like very clear kind of like defined goals that we're trying to like accomplish with what we're creating but at least with what i'm doing now i just bought spray paint and found a cool picture of some sons that i liked and that's that's basically how i came up with this idea so i feel like there's like an interesting like at least yeah for like client work, I guess, or like school projects, the creative process is often a lot more structured, but at least I, I, at least the stuff I like doing for fun, I tend to just not have a creative process. Like 
at least not a structured one. Maybe you could analyze it and find mm. structure or something, but I don't know if you could touch on that more, Thomas, with what you've been doing. But. I feel like a big difference for me at least is like if you're trying to make something for a large amount of people or if you're trying to make something for like specifically for someone other than yourself or if you're trying to like communicate something more specifically versus just like doing it as the thing that is like aesthetically pleasing. So like my impression is maybe like you're not trying to communicate something with the skateboard. You're just trying to make something more aesthetically pleasing and something you like. And so that can be less process driven. It can be more like in the moment. But if you're like trying to, I think either if you're trying to communicate something specific or you're not even trying to communicate something specific, but if you're trying to make many things look like they're cohesive, um, I think it's important to like pick, like have a process to pick like your parameters and then everything you do is through those parameters instead of like, um, like let's say you're designing um, something for a festival, you're designing posters for a festival, you're designing like whatever, or you're making art for this thing. And instead of like doing each of those individually, you're saying nothing will ever be outside of these five rules or these six rules or however many rules. And then you just created like um, bowling alley bumpers for yourself. You can never get a gutter ball. You can kind of keep rolling balls. And um, as long as you follow the rules that you set, you're going to be good. So I think that's helpful for like large scale projects. And then when you're trying to communicate something specific, you're trying to make sure everything you make is communicating that thing. And then however the process you get to those rules, that's kind of like up to you. But yeah, that's kind of my initial thoughts about that. To me also when I like the difference kind of between creating for a client or for school work versus just for myself is a lot of the time the difference within the process is when I create for myself, I maybe think less about the process and it's more like I've done it so many times. So there's this familiar familiarity. So I know just what I'm going to do, but it's not necessarily, I've not necessarily thought about what I'm going to do versus when you do something for a client or for school, it always starts out with research. It always starts out with like, um, a goal statement, um, like literally you write down statements of like, you literally clarify linguistically, like the limitations or not limitations, but, um, yeah, there's literally a goal statement. What are they, what, what's the other called? Like objective essence, essence. promise. Right. Objectives. Right. And then, right. And then you have to do those things because you have to show the client those things. And it, um, and that's a really useful way of doing it. But when I create for myself, I sort of, I, I mean, I, I've literally have a notes, the notes app on my Mac or iPhone and I have a bunch of ideas in there or just quotes or lyrics or movies or any, like anything that's inspiring, like an image, whatever. And then those will just like kick something off. Um, mm. Maybe they'll kick off like a more specific idea. Maybe they'll just kick off a color <laughs> or like maybe sometimes I'll have like a word and then I'll just go from there and then I'll just play. Mm. I'll just iterate or I'll just play around with it in Illustrator, Photoshop, whatever it may be. I don't know if other folks have ideas about this, but I feel like, I feel like some people say like, um, restrictions is freedom or something like that. I don't really agree with that, but like, I still feel like, I do. interesting. Okay. Um, I still feel like even for work for myself, like I still enjoy setting restrictions for myself because then I feel like 
I can enjoy. So if I have like amount of things I'm allowed to do, I can go crazy with those things. I don't have to worry about them feeling cohesive. Like if I say I want this thing to only be black and red, or I want to only have this one line stroke, then you can kind of be a little more creative with how you use those things. And they'll all look like basically okay. As opposed to having too many options. And then it kind of ends up looking like a mess. Yeah, I do feel freer when I create for myself in the sense that there's no, I, I don't have to get the okay from anyone but myself. <laughs> so like really the end goal is that I like it versus if you create for a client for school, it's like it has to communicate something and the people that you're creating it for or the professor or whatever, they also have to understand it, right? Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like when creating for myself, it's more like art <laughs> and if I create for school work it's more like design in the sense that the communication needs to be pretty clear otherwise it's there's no point do you still feel like like do you still enjoy like setting restrictions for yourself do you feel like that makes you like i don't know do you have like how do you like have your experiences been with that like even just for your own just work for yourself yeah so like i said i i definitely think I definitely think you need some restrictions and I think you always have restrictions and if you don't set them for yourself, they are there without you choosing them. Like for instance, I'm restricted in the sense that I can only use so many tools. Like I literally don't know how to use, like you're really into processing, coding, creative coding, that kind of thing. I don't really know how to do that. So that's one of the limitations that I have. And usually they forced me to go into more like the things that I know how to do, right? So that's a limitation that I didn't really set. Um, and then I said limitations, but they're very loose. They're, they're very loosely set. So they're not like they're less limitations. They're more like, um, I don't know. I don't know what a better word would be, but one of the examples again is like, I start with one idea, maybe with like a quote or a word or, uh, something like that. Um, that like evokes something within me that I can work with. Um, and then that might be a very loose limitation, but it is one. Because if you have nothing to start with, then you have n- then you don't go anywhere. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's definitely a limitation. Like saying, "I'm only going to do things that remind me of this quote," or like, right. yeah, yeah, definitely. Or like, I mean, you you code, so like one limitation is the language that you code in, right? Mm-hmm. Like even even the program that you choose to do whatever you do. Or I mean, when we talk program, we even talk about a restriction that is you work digitally but if you like mm-hmm. even choosing like working digitally versus working ana- like in an analog way or whatever it may be all those decisions that you make every time you make a decision you make a limitation yeah and i think if you start out knowing what limitations you want that will then benefit you uh, because then it can be freer within them i don't know yeah if I, you absolutely know what I, mean? I totally i agree yeah and i i feel like yeah making your like I would prefer to make my limitations super tight because then I can be like really free in just right. those couple decisions. Um, so I have like a little bit of a segue into uh, this is maybe like a really niche thing, but like okay, so I feel like mediums kind of determine output in a lot of sense. Yes. Like if I pick up a paintbrush, it's not gonna look like I printed it off a computer. Mm-hmm. It's gonna look like a painted thing, or if I use Adobe Illustrator it's going to have a tendency to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I've just been thinking about like, isn't there a lot of opportunity to like 
take a step back from mm-hmm. I'll create within the software, like I'll I'll be creative within the tools that Adobe mm-hmm. Suite gives me, and then saying what if, this is kind of counterintuitive to what I was saying, but like what if I make my own software mm. and then I can create the tools? Mm-hmm. I don't have to be limited by the tools they're giving me. So I guess it's not counterintuitive. Like you could say. I still want tight parameters, but I want to choose my own parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot of opportunity there, like in anything, not even just design, but like if people, um, like if we had, I think if, if um, a larger amount of people were like able to, even just something simple, like write their own software, like the creativity would be like, I think there's a lot of opportunity for creative creativity there. Yeah, I don't know how deep you want to go with all these parameter things, but another way of looking at it is too, too is um, that there. I mean, there is no true like freedom in the sense that there are no limitations. There are always limitations. Right. Like for instance, if you draw, depending on what pen or pencil you pick up, that's the tool that you're using, and the tool can only do so much. Um, and you can you always like create through tools, right? And you always are bound to the limitations of a given tool, and then you're always bound to the limitations of your own knowledge of how to use the tool. And it's like, so it's like if if you then also additionally set parameters for yourself that just focuses your abilities, versus if you don't have any parameters, you just like bounce around and. Um, yeah, without much aim, I feel like I don't know. Does I feel sense? like, I feel like if you set the parameters loose, and this is where it gets really interesting. If you set the parameters loose enough, then you can completely. You don't have to, what you said. I'm trying to remember what you said just now. You said like, you're still bound by what you know. So I feel like if you set the parameters loose enough, if they're like, if they're just a couple, but they're loose, and then literally you can do whatever you want as long as they're in those parameters. You're not even thinking about it. You're like, doing it automatically, subconsciously. It could be surprising to you, but it still looks controlled because you just set the boundaries, like scribbling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and also making rules for yourself, let's call it, forces you to, or makes you work quicker because it ma- forces you to make decisions. Like like, it, like a non-design way of describing it as like, when you're on Netflix or something and you just look for a movie and you spend so much time looking for a movie that like you spend more time looking for a movie than actually watching the movie. It's like if you set parameters for yourself of like, mm-hmm. I want a funny movie and I want whatever you're going for. It's like you're going to find it and you're going to get to it a lot quicker mm-hmm. because you're oftentimes I feel like we're we got lost in the in like too many options and, and like just making mm-hmm. rules for yourself. It's just it, another tool of um getting somewhere quicker or getting yeah. anywhere because if you know i feel like sometimes we we don't even get started because we're we're just overwhelmed by the op- by like the options or something so this is kind of going into you said uh you feel like restriction makes you free this yeah. this is uh, could you expand on that because i i don't believe that so i'm curious <laughs> make you, you don't believe that which is it seems really like it just seems fake like you're saying <laughs> you're fake freedom <laughs> You get freedom by doing the opposite of freedom. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't think there is freedom. That's like, a in the sen- argument, In the sense maybe. that there is no absolute... F- like, you're always... Again, you're always bound. You're always... Okay, if, if you, for instance, say, I don't want to set any rules, I don't want to set any parameters, mm-hmm. there still are parameters that you just are out of control. 
that are not in your control let's say like mm. you can only make something that you know for instance like you can't i don't know how to code really <laughs> so i'm not i can't um so that's a parameter that's set for me let's say okay like i don't know how to speak french so i couldn't possibly write a french poem um so i'm not so i'm just saying that because like i am not there's no absolute freedom in that sense because these parameters exist right so if i put parameters if i set them for myself if i'm like okay i'm gonna make i don't know like a a poster mm -hmm. <laughs> um and i'm gonna start out um with the word blue that can be super loose parameter but it'll it'll like channel my work into mm. into something and if i don't have anything to start with i'll just sit around and won't start because there's an endless amount of things i could be doing so right. i feel like you're saying like instead of being bounded by the parameters that you can't control you're being bounded by parameters that you choose you choose yeah okay yeah i never thought about it like that before and if you choose them you're a little more control at least yeah and yeah, that's interesting yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe that's just something that I experience. But if no, I, I experience it as right. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon's back. I <laughs> I've, been, I've been listening the whole time. <laughs> There's a camera. <laughs> I'm infatuated by uh have, yeah. by this visual. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm also there are full songs playing in these headphones. It's so weird. Well, is it? We're good? catching like radio frequencies or something. I don't have no idea what's going on, but there are full like literally full songs playing. Are they good songs? Are they good songs? They're like I have no idea. They're like faint. Are they gonna be on mm. the recording? You think? No, I don't, there's no way. There's no way it's being recorded because this is only inputting the microphones. But like I don't understand what is happening. Like if this is catching frequencies or what? I I still I want to go with the theory that. Here it is again. We're kind of in a. Let me. Okay. Listen to this shit, and then tell your theory. Yeah. Is that a full song or what? It's really faint. It's too. really faint. I like feel like I'm losing my fucking mind during this conversation because it's, it's fucking music playing. But whatever. Where could it be coming from? I have no idea. I, I've got to research and find out if this Zoom H6 like picks up frequencies. Another. I'm gonna go pee, but like one last thought on this before I go pee. Um, it's like when 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 recording a podcast episode or like when writing or something. If I don't know what I want to talk about, like with um, like with you guys before we started talking, we had like a super vague idea of what we were going to talk about. And even if we didn't, we had the idea that we were just going to talk. So that's another parameter. Yeah, technically, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, if if we just yeah. if we just started and never had the conversation of like we will just talk, then we. We would just be like, oh, what do you want to talk about? And then we would be right. setting that parameter of like, oh, we can just talk. Right, right, so right. So they can be super abstract, you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, they, they're going to be there either way, so you might as well identify them. All right, I'm going to go for you. When I come back, there be like a crazy conversation. <laughs> can you give us a little like kindling? What? What is it? Is it gluten? Let's do. Can you give oh, me yeah. the ingredient list first? Let's do um, like gluten. word association. Give Corn us a word flour. and we'll make an association. Corn flour monosodium glutamate. Oh my god, I fucking love that. Mm. <laughs> oh, red forty. I did have an interesting thought about that. About what Sam just said. Like, if we, I guess, like to what to what degree could you, like, control that? Like, or like. 
if you said, I'm going to open Adobe Illustrator, I'm going to use the pen tool, I'm going to use this color, like, I don't know, is that even like, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> no, there, like there, you... is, there is an overusage of parameter. Yeah. Okay. You, you want to use the minimum effective dose necessary to create freedom. To create the high, to create the highest likelihood that that freedom will exist throughout the creative process. But I think what Sam is arguing is that in order to have some semblance of an experience of freedom in the conversation, you can't be restricted by the fact that there's no guidelines. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> so like you, if you overparameter, then you'll you'll be just as paralyzed if you were in a different way. Uh, just to play devil's advocate maybe like i feel like almost creativity is like fractals or whatever like you can choose to split off here and there's endless options or you can go way down and there's still endless options like i feel like even if like we use a pen tool and we use the color black and we use this stroke like you'd still have a million different things you could do so it almost doesn't even matter really the opportunities are infinite regardless of the approach yeah like yeah. even as much as you think that Probably. you're narrowing it down there's still I mean to an extent like there's still a lot of opportunity you can have for like different things you feel complete <laughs> what is there something on your mind that you're thriving with or struggling with or uh Oh. Or something that in the world that you've been contemplating externally or internally or something before you go to sleep that like is especially prevalent or when you wake up, it's like hmm. a person you're inspired by, a creation you want to make. It's just anything that's like especially prevalent in your being that feels important. I mean, oh, oh. I mean... I don't know, I've been, like, I've been at least focusing on, like, trying to focus on, like, prayer a lot for me, like, just, like, starting my day, like, in prayer and, like, ending it, like, and being in prayer more throughout the day, just because this past semester, I think, I'm usually not, like, a very anxious person, but this past semester, I struggled, like, a lot with anxiety, just, like, and couldn't really necessarily like place uh, like very strongly like where it was coming from so I mean that's been something I think over break that I've just been thinking about reading a book about like spending a lot more time doing and that's at least helped a lot did you personally. pinpoint where it's coming from or no the anxiety yeah I didn't think it was a lot a lot of different things like ending relation and an ending of a romantic relationship a coming back from being gone like the whole summer and my parents moving and myself also moving so I moved out of like three places in like a month <laughs> and then um, these are all just, changes and transitions yeah lots yeah. of changes transitions um, yeah do you, and just, feel, do you feel like you're suffering less now or still suffering? No, I mean, I feel, I mean, I don't know. It's like, I think I've just kind of come to be, I guess, more like, okay with just trusting that like, I'm not going to, there, there, there's going to be unknown. Like we're in this period of unknown kind of like, at least the three, 
like me, Thomas, and Sam, since we're going to be like graduating this semester, we don't really know like what we're going. I mean, not that you ever really know, but I feel like, you know, when you've been working at like a company for 20 years or something and you're waking up and doing that five days a week, you can kind of know like, oh, on Monday I'm going to get up and I'm going to do my job for this amount of time. And that's like barring catastrophe. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, something kind of yeah. nice about that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just being, I guess, like, more okay, like, just trusting that, like, all right, I don't have, like, all the answers. I'm not going to, like, know what's going to, where I'm going to be, like, three months from now, necessarily, but it's, like, Damn, it that's is that okay. <laughs> so, I don't have to have everything kind of, like, figured out and, like, in control, because then just... So, is that perspective shift helped you suffer less? Yeah. That's great. I think we were talking about that, too, when we went to whatever whole foods or something the other day about like um like you sort of have or should try to enjoy the struggle almost or like the good aspects that come with it like right now we sort of have the not knowing of what will happen in a couple months like literally i have no idea like i have zero clue where i'll be in um like six months let's say but also there's so many good things going on and it's like also the struggle is kind of exciting at the same time yeah and it's like if you focus not only on the negative aspects of it but also see the potential of like anything could happen kind of it's like that perspective shift also affects your experience of it i I think anxiety and excitement are the same emotion hot take i feel like what do you can you elaborate sure I feel like it's just there's probably chemical slight chemicals that are different but I feel like the main whatever the main chemical is that gives you anxiety and excitement is probably the same and then there's like some dopamine thing or like happiness thing serotonin thing that goes along with it but they're both supposed to make you do something and it's just like how your reaction to the thing you're supposed to do is what makes it the difference between the two emotions I was also I want to get your opinion on this and yours Brennan. Um I was listening to this I'm other listening to a banger right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to this other podcast, one of my favorites called the Charlie and Ben podcast. And not that like not that not like they need a shout out or anything. They're like very big. <laughs> but they were talking about how in their opinion, and I think I agree with this, happiness is almost I don't know. I don't want to say entirely, but it's it's quite a bit contingent on expectation. Like an example would be. I don't think this example will make sense, but like a couple hundred years ago, people had a very different relationship to death. Like people would just die all the time at like a way younger age, and it, I would assume it would like hurt way less <laughs> to like lose one of your ten siblings because it was just part of life. Um, like we were watching Monty Python the other day and there, there was a scene where there was a, they were carrying a wagon or pushing it in the village and they were just saying like bring your dead out like just casually which is part of their day and the black. <laughs> right, right but just like the expectation at that point in time was that life was ending all the time way quicker than it is now um, and so the reaction that was had to like death was a lot different than I think we have now and I'm just saying that that was just one example of like how expectation will change your experience of things. 
I don't know if that makes sense or if you yeah, guys that agree. Yeah, makes sense. And that doesn't mean you have should have like low expectations of life. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. well, I think I I think also you don't need expectations. Like it, mm. it's not that they're low; it's that they're not present. You know, it's that you could have a hypothesis that doing this will give me pleasure, but there's not like an attachment of an expectation. An expectation, as it's colloquially known, means that if it's not met, there's some kind of like dissonance between, well, it didn't happen, then it's going to cause a certain emotion. You can want something without this, that something not having happened causing negative emotionality. I think it's your relationship to two things not going your way um, and your ability to pivot post hoc um, that dictates whether or not how broken you are after a miss, you know, a not reached expectation. Yeah. What are you guys talking about when I was gone? We we're talking about how we should take babies more seriously because really? when they're crying at the top of their lungs, that's the worst day they've had in their entire life. In no, I think they're gaslighting us. <laughs> Wait, what's your proof? Well, they cry all the time at the top of their lungs, so it's like you can't little, you can't have the worst experience, like all the time. Maybe not the worst experience, but it could be True. like at more often than not, they're having the worst experience than they're or more often than we are because we've had a life that's a lot longer than theirs. So we have like reference, but they have no reference. Like if something happens and they're three days old, it's probably the worst thing that's ever happened. Or if they're five months or whatever, it just keeps it gets lower and lower. But like the younger you are, the more traumatic things are because you don't have a reference point. Wait, who isn't taking babies seriously, though? Is someone not taking them seriously? Like, people take them seriously. Oh. They're like, oh, shoot, it's okay, baby. But, like, literally, they're having, like, a traumatic experience. Like, they're screaming at the top of their lungs. Like, if a grown adult was doing that, we would, like, call the police or something. <laughs> but it's, like, similar, isn't it? Like, the same emotion. Yeah, it's just, are they, is there a self that they're, like, right. like, are they aware of the experience? That's mm, true. Right. Is the exper- That's a good point. I think memory's huge, too. Like, we've talked about this in the context of Carvalho, your cat. Yeah. Where it's, like... Sometimes I want to I want to pat Caravaggio. He doesn't want it, but it's like Game humans, theory. right? Right. Humans, we have a much our memory is a lot better than animals' memory or a child's memory or something. So it's like if I does okay, does my pleasure outweigh Caravaggio's um, Caravaggio's like non pleasure? Like who will remember it more? And therefore, do I have a right to my pleasure? At the cost of Caravaggio's displeasure. Right, based on the memory. Based on the memory, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also based on the intensity of the emotion. Like, I'm pretty sure humans' emotions are much more intense than. I mean, I don't know, but I'm, I would assume they're much more intense and we're much more aware of them experientially than a cat. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to agree with that because I feel bad do. for Caravaggio, but I kind of do, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to agree with it, but it's true. See, that's the beauty of like reasoning. It's like once you're convicted of something, it, you you just are. Yeah, you, you don't have a choice in the matter. Yeah. Sam, do you want to wrap this up? Yeah, let's do it. Right. I actually got to leave soon. Um, no, that's why I said it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like this was a beautiful experience. Um, well, it was for me, and these talkies. Did you try one or no? No, I don't want to. Okay, that's yeah. fine. That's fair. It had red 40 in it or something. Unacceptable. Yeah. 
Well, this was a very impromptu episode. I feel like it went really well. I think we went all over the place, but I think that was fine and that was good. Again, because that was the expectation, right? Expectations, results. <laughs> okay, I don't know where to go. Can someone help me here? Yeah, we sat in a room. We did exactly what we were going to do, yeah. whether you were watching or not. And that's it. That's, uh, this was sitting with Sam. This was, yeah. Um, pa- this was painting longboards with Sam. Why doesn't everybody plug their thing? I mean, it's not like everybody who listens to this knows us, but it's like, let's say someone stumbles know. upon this in like a couple of years. Let's plug our stuff. Can we plug our stuff? Yeah, let's plug our stuff. Let's start with Benjamin. Oh, yeah, by the way, we start another oh, with yeah, another ad lib. show, I forgot. Yeah, it's yeah. my show. We so never sh- introduced ourselves either. <laughs> we, did a, we did a little ad lib, like a skiwi or something. Oh, yeah, right? we did that, right, but we didn't say our names. Well, we said our first names. Okay, before we plug ourselves, we come up with a new ad lib. And then we're like, mm. we come up, okay, ad lib, then your name, and you can plug yourself. Okay. Let's go, Ben. The ad lib is like the right, yeah, that's just the, the sound. The, the sound, mm-hmm. okay. Um, ka kaba badu. Um, <laughs> ben Schaefer. Are we just doing Instagram handles? Whatever that, you want. Okay. Um, portfolio. I mean, Ben Schaefer dot design is my is my portfolio. Check it out. I mean, it might not be that in a year, so yeah. it might be different. But <laughs> there we go. Beautiful. Thank you, Ben. Thomas. So much pressure with the. That's really not. It's your expectation. Maybe just your expectation. Someone's playing saxophone right now (laughs) in my ears. Adjust the expectation. (laughs) Okay. My Instagram is Tom underscore M C E L M E E L. Michael Mew. Oh, that's okay. You're that's done. it. Oh, okay. Okay. Brandon. Uh, Brandon Klein. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's a dentist drill sound that no one else thinks <laughs> okay. sounds like a dentist drill. I got to move it away from. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> I did not expect that. Thanks. Um, at Wise Mind Gentle Soul on Instagram. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah, and I'm Sam. I'm the Sam Schroeder on. Um, on everything. My website is thesamschroeder.com and then I'm the Sam Schroeder on Instagram and Twitter. I really want people to follow my Twitter because it's just, it's it's kind of better than my Instagram and no one follows it. Um, the only person who likes my tweets is Josie Graham, a friend of ours. And, and it's kind of sad because I put a lot of work into it. Okay, this kind of okay. This sounds like self pity. Anyway. Yep. Yep. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Sam. Thanks, thank Sam. You guys. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. Yes, thanks, and, and and ego ego can or something is good only if it's liked. That's the lesson today. That's yeah, beautiful. That's the end end <laughs> Amen. Okay, thanks, Brandon, for for the equipment and everything. This whole setup was yeah. was by Brandon, and um, grazie. As we say in uh, Italy, I think. Peace. Okay. Bye.